I am Chris Klein, Director of Butterfly Ridge Conservation Center in Southeast Ohio, and this is Ridge Notes. Welcome to our next episode of Ridge Notes. My name is Chris Klein, and I'm the Director of Butterfly Ridge Butterfly Conservation Center in Southeast Ohio, and today we are wrapping up our interview with uh, Marcus Gray. We interviewed Marcus via Zoom here a couple weeks ago. Uh, Played part one of that interview last week, and so we will finish up that interview today where he'll share more about how you folks can get involved in the Sustainable Monarch program and also how you can get involved in the Butterflying World Series. So I hope you enjoy the second part of our interview with Marcus Gray. For example, Butterfly Ridge is an official partner with you folks, with yes. Sustainable Monarch. Um, so how is it coming, finding additional partners uh, working with you folks? Is that is that coming along as you had hoped? Yeah, well, I mean, everything takes longer than you had hoped, right? But no, I, we're big fans <laughs> of your work there um, in Ohio. And, and um, no, I think we've gotten some, some heavy hitters in the realm, you know, the, the education center realm that are related to directly related to butterflies. I mean, there's a lot of organizations and, and butterfly center or centers that will do the butterfly program or have a walk a year or something. But, you know, yes, we want to work with those folks too, to expand their, their programming, but you know, like your operation is, is butterflies and moths and, you know, some birds, but you have a heavy focus on Lepidoptera, right? So that's, that's, very attractive to what we're trying to do and then so we have um in addition to you um we have um ellen reynolds at beagle ridge another ridge beagle ridge uh environmental education center in withville outside of withville virginia Uh, i think their address is actually maddie flats if you're from appalachia but anyway (laughs) um ellen and her husband greg have uh a business that they use lavender and other flowers some native plants but but by and large, their their baby is lavender. Um, but they're using essential oils and extracts to create lotions and you know bags to help you sleep. You know, like put a little pouch of lavender under your pillow type thing. Um, but they have classes on gardening and native gardening oh, wow. and pollinators. And and Ellen does a lot with school groups um, in recent you know over the years. I've known her for for over a decade now. But um, you know one project they've got coming is they're similar to you where you've, you've started working offsite to start doing restorations in the broader community. Ellen is starting to work mm-hmm. with the towns to get those planter boxes that you see on street corners or outside of stores oh, sure. you know, yeah. to be yeah. planted with native plants and have signage and okay. have it be a, a scavenger hunt, like a pollinator or native plant scavenger, you know, find bee balm you know, um, and you go around and, yeah. and you go to the different stores. So there's an economic driver there too. It's like the stores are participants in this scavenger hunt. Right. So it, it's, it's kind of a cool thing. It's a good idea that I think could be uh, replicable yeah, everywhere. But anyway, so, yeah, yeah, so they've got a farm um, and they have a garden and they have a, a butterfly exhibit. You know, they have an enclosure, but it's all native butterflies. Um, so there's, there's definitely uh-huh. a lot of similarities between the two of you and some synergies, I think. Um, and then the third one we have is a, a little different animal. Um, it's called uh, bees, uh, 
Butterflies and Blooms in the Briar Patch. It, and it's in Eatonton, Georgia. And Eatonton, um, mm-hmm. the town, has a, a park with a quarter-mile walking track that uh, now retired magistrate judge Virginia Lynch is the um, the driving force behind. And they planted up both inside and outside of this walking trail um, with native plants. I mean, most vast majority of native plants. And um, they do school programs and and butterfly counts and you know the whole whole deal that you might expect um but it's it's a town owned property that virginia and her crew are partnering with the management on and so that's that's a model um, that i think could be um can be replicated around the country too it's like hey municipality do you have a lot that you got back for not paying taxes or you know, do you have open space that you're like what do i do with this yeah, you know, work. Let's work with, together and, and create butterfly gardens for the public, you know, right. so people can see what they can do. So yeah. yeah, it's so you know it's it's going, and I think you know, getting folks recognizing folks and like yourself that are doing good work and have been, you know, boots on the ground for years, you know, and show giving you a designation I think is important, um, and yeah, it means a lot to me. But I think what we want to do now is look at, you know, agricultural producers, um, municipal municipal properties and others. Like, how can we get more people involved? And even if like your operation or Virginia's or Ellen's, if you can have like start that work in your local community with our support, you know, that we'd be happy to help with it because we're we're a land trust now like we're registered as a, as a land trust we can accept gifts of land we can do easements we can do you know eventually buy land that's the goal but um right now the whole idea is we need to work where we can to bring partners together to create a network of butterfly reserves managed specifically yeah. for butterflies um into the future and, and so we want to set up a maintenance fund and and all that okay very good. Yeah. One of the, the projects that we've gotten involved with, and I haven't really posted it on Facebook much or anything, um, our local community, I mean, of course, I mean, we're, we're sitting out here in the middle of the sticks, but the, mm. the, near, the nearest town that's about 10 miles away, mm. um, they have a committee that works with the America in Bloom program okay. Um, okay trying to foster you know flower planting and stuff around the country and so our logan and bloom project is i mean they're they're a very active group and so i've joined that group and i'm trying hard to get them actually to to have national standards with america and bloom to encourage pollinator planting mm. um because I know our, our local Logan in Bloom, um, I mean, what first what first got my attention with that was when I went into town and there was absolutely pink petunias as far as the eye could see going right. up and down the main street, you know. And Grant, I mean, it, it looked lovely. I mean, nobody could argue that. But, yeah. you know, for people who, who know their pollinators, petunias aren't necessarily that that strong of a plant and some would argue they're actually anti-pollinator um (laughs) so so um so yeah i've been working with that at the america and bloom people to um 
to take more interest in, in good pollinator plant native plantings mm -hmm. and and encourage communities to you know achieve that beauty standard using native plants as much as petunias and marigolds and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's great. I'll I'll definitely check that out um, and find out more about it because what people's choices are, you know, the demand is going to drive what's available. You know, if if a plant starts selling better, the nurseries are going to start carrying it. Exactly. Um, so, and I think that's probably the better way to approach it because like i'm not out here to dictate what somebody's business is or be top down and regulate you know you know I, i'm not going to plant barberry in my yard you know but they still sell it at the nursery so you know right. we need people to say man maybe i don't want to buy that and then they'll change on their own rather than you know being heavy-handed and adversarial and try to come in and you know because people get defensive really quick <laughs> you well, know? so it's like you know do you want to go buy a flat of annuals you know like like uh, pansies or, or at least in petunias um, and spend that money? Or do you want to invest and grow a planting over time with native plants and try to have something blooming all the time? Um, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's why those, those commercial plantings are like evergreens and mulch because they always look the same. You know, they're statues, right? That's what Doug Talby calls it. Right? How many yeah. pink flamingos do you need in your yard? But, you know, if you want a flamingo, that's right. fine. But how do we build around that use that as the structure um and the you know year-round interest but then build around that and make it more more uh, complex but sure. also more beneficial so and that, that's right. definitely opportunity Cause, cause for again, as we've sorry go ahead oh yeah because yeah i mean as we've traveled around the country you know the landscaping at every single applebee's across the country all look the same so yeah so yeah, it's it'd be nice to be able to break into that and and encourage those native plantings and even if it's even if it's in coordination with you know well, God yeah. forbid, the ornamental grasses or whatever. I mean, they're yeah. you gotta start somewhere. Well, yeah, because somebody has those contracts yeah. to manage the, those stores. You know, it's just like right. school um, grounds or hotel chain or golf course you know like they're they're golf course management companies you know so there right. are landscape companies that get these contracts to manage these corporate parks um corporate campuses and um yeah if we could just get them to start being a little you know more diverse in their planting palette <laughs> then then yeah we'd be a lot a lot better and it's an education <laughs> thing you know it's easier just to mow everything right as you know um because it's it's simple here's a property line there's the other property line just just mow it it's no thought involved <laughs> you know you don't want anything in the way when you're yeah. mowing like i said I've, I've been there but um you know there, there's plenty of places where you can have dedicated beds that um are not going to get in the way of the regular maintenance nearly as much as people might think right exactly yes well, the, the last thing I wanted to ask you about before we let you go, um, I know you've got this uh, activity coming up, this World Series of Butterflying. Yes. Can you explain to the audience what exactly that is about? Right. So it, to encourage more people to get out and start counting butterflies, uh, we're doing this, as Chris mentioned, it's, it's a Butterflying World Series. And it essentially works just like any other hit-a-thon or walk-a-thon that you might be familiar with. You know, if your kids played sports, 
you know, how many free throws can you get? Go to the hardware store and say, hey, will you give me a dollar for every free throw that I make? And they say, okay, yeah, sure. You go back and you say, I made, I made 15 and they owe you $15. Um, we're doing that with butterflies. So how many, how many butterflies can you see either total number because of individuals? So you may not know what it is. You know, I saw 15 butterflies, but three of them, I didn't know what they were, um, or, or swap those numbers, uh-huh. you know, depending on your, your experience level. So we're trying to get more people involved and make it equitable and, and attractive to everyone. You know, there's no cost to participate. Um, but you go and you get your pledges for how many butterflies you see, and then you go back and collect the pledges, and that money is used to support butterfly conservation work. So, you know, we could support your your uh, American in Bloom project there, Chris, or we could help Ellen with the education program that she's doing, or we can help Virginia buy plants, you know, whatever. Um, but start getting more habitat on the ground with that money, and, and the it's the data. It's not just you're you're just counting butterflies to count them. The data we've got projects set up on iNaturalist and eButterfly. Um, and so it's going to be the weekend of July 17th, 17th and 18th. You just go out. It's like a big day for birding. You go out and see how many butterflies you could possibly see in that weekend. Um, and uh-huh. uh, report that data through checklists to iNaturalist or eButterfly. Um, and then there'll be prizes for, for participants and, and winners. Um, and that data is used to track butterfly population trends and used for research. So, you know, even, even casual observations have value at some level. So you could, you can count mm. at home, you know, if you're still worried about what's going on in the larger world, you don't want to travel, um, you know, count the butterflies while you're sitting on your patio drinking coffee, just casually as they pop up, or you can be part of a dedicated group that goes to a natural area, you know, following all guidelines and does a more standardized survey, you know, like a Pollard walk um, to go and, and count butterflies and, and report that information. So it's, it's really a win-win in that way. And then it, it's fun, raises money for conservation and helps us track butterflies where um, in North America, at least, we, we definitely need to do a better job of that. Oh, absolutely. So do you have, do you have like a fundraising goal for this project or, or is it more trying to just get it, get as many people involved as possible or? Yeah, definitely trying to get as many people involved as possible. I mean, the, the delusion of grandeur, I guess, is, like, could we get $15,000, you know, this first year it's inaugural time. And, and the goal is like, or, or the, the, the hope is that we could have multiple say regional events in the future or something, you know, because it's, it's tough. Like if somebody in South Texas, you know, the lower Rio Grande Valley signs up, they're going to just <laughs> blow somebody from Maine out of the water. So, oh, you know, how do we, how do we make it equitable? Right. So it's sort of like, if I have a lot of people sign up in Texas and then a lot of people sign up in Michigan or a lot, you know, then I'm going to say, okay, we've got an upper Midwest division and a South Texas division, you know, but until people sign up, I don't really have a way to break that down or need to. So, gotcha. um, but yeah, I'm just trying to make it apples and apples for the competition part of it. Right. Okay. Very good. Um, so let me ask if folks want to um, participate in the world series or even connect with you about the sustainable monarch program um how how exactly do they do that yeah well we're we're active on social media the website's just sustainablemonarch.org and that has a lot more information about the economic side of things you know building a sense of place and and having the community make a living off of natural resources without degrading it that sort of 
information. But um, on social media, we've got the Facebook page for Sustainable Monarch. But we, I set up a, a Butterfly World Series group and a Facebook event. Um, and there's a fundraiser website called 99pledges.com. And we have a project on there. So like you can handle your, your pledges and donations on 99 pledges. Or if you want to set up your own Facebook event, I actually did that too, personally. Um, you know, you can do that. Or, and then you can, you can set up your profiles on eButterfly and iNationalist. It's very easy. And go to the projects tab and you'll see Butterfly and World Series is one of the, there's relatively few actually for eButterfly because it's new. Um, there, there's more added every day, but there's few right now. Um, there's a, a picture of a pearly eye is what I have on there um, okay. right now. So you click on that and then um, you can register for that and just submit your, your sightings. You know, photos aren't necessary, but they're great. Like I said, this is a friendly, this is a friendly competition. In the future, you know, if it gets tooth and nail and there's, you know, a lot at stake, maybe we'll require photos. But um, like I said, the whole idea is to have fun and get people outside and, and, and learn what's flying around you. All right. Sounds very good. Very good. All righty, Marcus. Well, um, I thank you for joining Ridge Notes today. And um, we'll definitely try to help steer folks your direction with both the World Series and the Sustainable Monarchs Project. Appreciate it. So once again, we thank you. So once again, we wanted to thank Marcus Gray of Sustainable Monarchs for joining us here on Ridge Notes. Hopefully you gleaned some good information from him and hopefully uh, you can figure out a way that you can connect with him and, and help build his program as he helps you do the same. Next week, we'll be talking about some different perennials that the uh, that is making the pollinators go wild right now. And so until then, keep taking good care of those pollinators. Ridge Notes is sponsored by Butterfly Ridge Butterfly Conservation Center in the Hocking Hills of Southeast Ohio. Open every day but Tuesday, April 15th through October 15th.